Hey, what is up? Welcome to the Fire From Heaven Philosophy. I'm your host, AJ the Metalhead from Fire From Heaven. And today, um, I was just going to talk a little bit about uh, stewardship and being a great steward and really just like what I've come to define success as is being a great steward. So, I had just some thoughts and ideas I wanted to share on that. Um, so, yeah. I think uh, success is being a great steward and, you know, being faithful with the little that you have. I'm not saying that you have is little, but, like, just the idea of being faithful with something small. You know, being faithful with the little things. Uh, mainly... What I would say, like, the smallest thing that we really underestimate is today. It seems like such a small thing, small span of time, 24 hours, but it's such a small thing we underestimate how powerful it could be if we were faithful stewards of today, faithful stewards of our time. Um, and, you know, just going, going back to how you define success... Um, you might be sick of hearing me say this, but, like, don't define it as the world does, because, really, the world's success is empty, and it's empty in vain, really, because all their riches will eventually end up in the hands of someone who will squander and waste it, unless they do that themselves at some point, <laughs> So, um, the definition of success is the accomplishment of an aim or purpose. So, it's not getting a lot of money. I mean, I guess if your aim is money and you do accomplish that, I mean, good for you. But I would go even further to say that success is the accomplishment um of an aim or purpose beyond yourself. For me, being a steward of all I have is success. If I take literally like everything I was given in life, all the things, and I was faithful to honor God with all of it, then I will have lived a successful life. Steward means to manage or look after another's property. So, being a great steward is to manage and look after someone else's property, uh, but not you're not just looking after it, but looking after another's property well. And not only that, but to uh, make it better than it was when it was left to you, I would say. Um, so... To be a godly steward is to manage and look to, after all that you have, seeing it as um, something that is yours, or seeing it as something that isn't yours, but something uh, that was given, that you were given, and to seek God and His will in such a way that you know that He, he really wants um, what He wants. For all that you have. 
Yes, he wants you to live and enjoy his creation, like Adam and Eve in the garden, and, you know, they were just created, and it was all good. And God, you know, he loved them. He poured out his gifts to them. But also, like, when you see in the New Testament, like Jesus talk, sometimes he's like, even... Yeah, even the like wicked people love each other and love, you know, in the sense kind of love their own and like because it they they love when it's easy to love essentially. So sometimes like I wonder like did God allow all this because, uh, it was easy to to love us at a perfect state. I don't know. I'm <laughs> getting off on, kind of off track a little bit, but um, so so yeah, he gives gave us all the, these gifts and, th- and things, and he wants to pour out his gifts and his wisdom and just who he is upon us. But also in the garden, he gave Adam and Eve work. He gave them something to to do to take care of. To, something to like watch over that wasn't theirs they were like stewards over basically <clears throat> and you know I talk a lot about like work and you know I have been convicted that maybe I'm a workaholic I don't think I am because sometimes I'm very lazy <laughs> uh, but you know I I could easily like fall into that workaholic kind of thing where you're like working so much and you're like, you know, just work, 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 you know, grind it out. Like that's not a bad thing, you know, uh, pers- um, in pursuing work and to be a good steward, I can get lost in that and become too focused on that over seeking Christ. So this is like why in God's word, his model of resting one day out of the week even in busy seasons, like even during harvest seasons, it says that it is wise and helpful despite the whole movement of people who work all the time, especially in the United States. What I've come to also understand is that Jesus Christ is my Sabbath. He is my rest in this chaotic world. Um, you know, I was listening to a podcast and he was like, you just see that the Sabbath kind of represented, it's not for God, it's for man to give him rest and, you know, just to help him rejuvenate from, like, working, you know, all other six days of the week. And it's like, I think the Sabbath is kind of like a something to point to Jesus Christ because, like, um, when you look at the Old Testament, try to look at it as how is this pointing to Jesus Christ? Because it all is. Jesus even says it is. I can't directly quote what verse he says, but yeah, at one point I know he does say it. That, you know, it is all pointing to him, basically. Uh, because he is the word. So, the, the Sabbath, I think, is it, you know, pointing to Jesus that Jesus... You know, after he has come and, you know, he was crucified and, you know, that last day, like ever since then, it's just been 
the eighth day of the week. That's never been. That is like the final Sabbath. Like, kind of like I was. I was hearing someone a podcast talking about it. You know, the day that he rose was the eighth day, the Sabbath, like the never-ending one, because he is the Sabbath. I don't know. It was interesting, but um, yeah, like as as Christian stewards, like really pursuing to be good stewards, it, we can get in caught in that workaholic and not uh resting and stuff and you know just find make sure you you do find some sort of rest you know sometimes i've i've been i've struggled with that a lot of my life because i want to be with like the grind you know all the like a lot of people i listen to who like i like to listen to marketing and stuff like that because like obviously i'm an artist and, and i need to be capable of marketing and you know producing a product you know working it working my ideas and everything um you know and offering value to the world and also being able to make a living doing it so it's just a lot of grinding and a lot of talk of you know working when others aren't and stuff like that which you know i do understand because a lot of people do just after their day jobs to go home and don't really pursue anything and you know you should be working towards something in life whatever you're doing you should be working towards something outside of your day job i believe unless your day job is something that is a fulfilling work and you know most most of us have families and stuff like that and you should pour yourself into your families especially fathers and husbands our day begins when we get home at 5 and it, you know, we've been busting our butt for eight, ten hours, whatever it is. Our day is just beginning. We should be pouring ourselves into our families after work. But that's a whole other conversation that I would love to talk about. You know, uh, biblical, godly manhood. That's definitely something that needs to be talked about. Something I'm <laughs> trying to learn more about because there's no biblical manhood in in the United States, like whatsoever. There's there's very few, and those few are a massive blessing. Um, it's just I even struggle just finding a biblical church, honestly. <laughs> but um, back to the whole work thing now. To be clear, God doesn't need anything from us. He doesn't need anything. I believe he... For like from my very limited understanding, I would say that God created us because He wanted to pour out His gifts upon us. He, you know, He wanted to to delight in giving us His blessings, among many other things. I'm very limited. Okay, you know, I'm an idiot. I'm not. I never. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a preacher. Okay, you know, and that that's just um kind of what I see when I when I read the Bible. But I want to share something kind of like as my biblical basis as to why I believe we should seek to be good stewards of all we have. And um, so I'm going to share this verse that uh, I've talked about before, but I know you never quoted directly like what the passage is and stuff. Um, it's Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Some of you might be like, I thought this was like a death metal band, and he's quoting the Bible. That's like an oxymoron. Ugh. Well, you can shut up. Because 
you know, it's just music, okay? It's heavy death metal style music with lyrics, you know? And I'm a Christian and a musician. I wouldn't say I'm a Christian musician because I think that would be, you know, someone who who would write music you would sing in church and stuff, you know, like worship music. Um, and I'm not that because a lot of my stuff is based, you know, a lot of my lyrics are fantasy and stuff like that. Yes, they're allegorical and point to the Bible, but I wouldn't call myself like necessarily a Christian artist. So, yeah, but that, you know what, this is the fire from heaven philosophy. This is, this is the set of ideas behind fire from heaven. This really isn't even fire from heaven's philosophy or theology or whatever you want to call it you know I've talked about it before like it's not like the complicated definition of philosophy all about ethics and this and that and you know all you know like the Greeks and stuff like that it's not really that kind of philosophy it's just simply the set of ideas behind the music the set of ideas behind uh, I guess just my set of ideas in general not even mine just the ideas that I think about a lot, and, um, talk, just ideas I talk about, and things I'm learning, so, um, here in Matthew, or yeah, it was Matthew, I think, yeah, Matthew 25, 14 through 30, here, Jesus is talking about what the kingdom of heaven will be like, so, I think it's important to understand, like, the context of that, like, it's not necessarily about stewardship, you know, I will say that, um, you know, it's, like, what the kingdom of heaven will be like, and I, I see it as kind of like this picture of kingdom heaven being, like, you know, uh, I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read it, and, like, I said, I'm, <laughs> not a preacher, I'm just reading this, this is like my source of inspiration, this is kind of like just my basis for the idea that we should be good stewards as Christians, even though, like like I said, like God doesn't need anything from us, but I think we should still honor him with what we're given. Um, so again, talking about the king, uh, what the kingdom of heaven will be like. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. To one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then uh, then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work oh. and gained five bags more. So also, the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. That's a key part there. That's like what I'm trying to point out is like being faithful just with whatever you have, however small it might be. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things.
come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. I mean, I'm going to talk about that part uh, in a minute because I actually learned a lot about that yesterday. Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with bankers so that when I returned I, should have, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. For whoever has will be given more and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That part sounds kind of harsh. Um, so here you see two servants who were faithful. And w with what they were given, they not only took what they were given and kept it safe... They turned it into more. They put it to work and made it more than it was. Example of a good steward. There's also something, you know, I would say on the surface level, you see kind of this this meaning of talking about servants and stewards and stuff like that, um, which is kind of what my main point was and my main inspiration. But what I've discovered is like, you know, like I said, it was talking about the kingdom of heaven, and this doesn't necessarily have to do with stewardship, but... Um, Maybe it does. But where he says, uh, when, when the master is talking, he says, So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Um, that part, he's like, he's saying is true. But what he's talking about is how Jesus, you know, his sacrifice, he harvested what he did not sow. Like the sin that we've sown, he essentially harvested punishment for. And I think that's like kind of maybe is what it's pointing to is the kingdom of heaven is like this. Like it's the savior who came and took the punishment. He took the harvest that he did not sow. Um, which is interesting. I never really thought about that. And gathered where he has not scattered seed. He he gathered, you know, that harvest of like he basically took all the sins of the world unto himself. That's like what I see it saying. It's so interesting, just like looking at the surface level and then looking on the deeper level and seeing like something different that's going on. Um, so that's just kind of like something that's going on deeper. It's talking about the kingdom of heaven. Um, and, and then the servant who, who didn't want to take what 
the master gave him uh, and make it more, he didn't want to accept, he didn't think it was uh, fair or just. Well, maybe not that. I'm not sure. He didn't, he didn't like, he wanted to, he basically just wanted to keep what he had sewn, I guess. And, which was his own sin. And, um, you know, there's a lot there. <laughs> like I said, I'm not a preacher. But, going back to, you know, first of all, like what you see here. The servant who did nothing with what, with what he was given. Was punished. He was called a wicked, lazy servant. And what he had was taken from him and given to another who was faithful with what he had. Um, gosh, it's so interesting, like, just thinking about what the deeper meaning is here. Now I feel like, like I shouldn't be sharing this because I don't know what it means. <laughs> but really, like, the, just the whole servant thing, that was my kind of, one of my, just one thing that just, like, challenged me to be a better steward. And... Like you see here, like we're being entrusted with a little. And, you know, he doesn't ask, he doesn't tell us to really do anything with it. He just gives it to them. Like you read at the beginning, um, he just entrusted his wealth to them. And, you know, he leaves, goes on a journey or whatever the master does. Um... But just, just use this as, as an example, like, because, like, I dread, like, ever being told this, you know, whenever I leave this world, that, just that statement, you wicked, lazy servant, you know, and I just, like, dread this idea of, like, taking what I was given and just burying it in the ground, leaving it. When it could become so much more. Um. <sighs> Gosh. There's just so much there. Um. This was also. Um. It's kind of. It just. Makes me think of. For some reason, Genesis, where you have Cain and Abel. Um, I actually learned a lot about the Cain and Abel. And that, essentially, Adam and Eve thought Cain was going to be the Messiah. Because uh, God told them, you know, you have the first kind of glimpse of the gospel. Whenever God told them, like, your seed will stomp the serpent or his foot will stomp the serpent's head or something like that. So Cain grew up, like, very, like... Uh, from, from like what, what 
some think is that King like grew up like thinking that he was the Messiah, so he's very boastful and proud and just all that. But um, thing was like just he didn't really like I don't know like the, the his sacrifices like God accepted Abel's sacrifice. And it's not because of the difference between like what it was that because he, he was a, he was a uh, I think a shepherd so he sacrificed a lamb, and Cain was a farmer so he you know had sacrificed like his fruit or whatever. But like, I guess the heart behind it, I don't know. He's like honor. They were both. I think Abel was actually like honoring God and Cain just had this like he was just very uh proud and arrogant but like like what what I try to think of is like God doesn't need us but you want um I have no idea where I'm going with this because I'm I'm kind of just thinking out loud trying to make connections um some that I've heard and now I'm trying to 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 kind of like remember it and talk about it But where it was going with Cain and Abel and like the connection here is is like the one the two servants were faithful with a few things. One wasn't and it wasn't like this sacrifice. It was their faith? Gosh, I kind of just got off on a random rant there, just trying to, th- uh, I don't know, just trying to put things together that I- I've heard and I was trying to think of. But, I don't know, it is interesting how, like, hyperlinked the Bible is, like, the New Testament, Old Testament, like, all the verses, like, there's, the Bible is, like, like hyperlinked to itself. It's so interesting. And, you know, there's so many links and stuff you can discover just looking at them on a deeper level, but point is, uh, I think being a faithful steward is, is, uh, understanding that it's not really of yourself, maybe, because Cain thought, you know, he was the Messiah, and just kind of had that just prideful, boastful, arrogant attitude, and Abel was, like, in a sense, a good steward in that he was, like, faithful, with a little, and he was a faithful steward because he just wanted to honor God. Cain did it. Maybe that's the connection I was trying to make. I don't know. But, like, understanding that God doesn't need anything from us, and, like, really, like, nothing we have is really from from us anyway. So, we should... Be good and faithful servants, stewards of all that we have because we we'd want to honor God. And just like, I don't know, just seeing things as not your own, it just changes your viewpoint of it entirely.
Oh, it's interesting. But, um, I've run out of time, so I will come back tomorrow and, uh, talk about something else. <laughs> um, definitely don't take my word for these things, when, especially when I reference the Bible. Go and search for yourself, and if you see something that I said that was possibly wrong, I don't correct me, please. But also, like, just because it might challenge the way you originally viewed it doesn't mean it's wrong. So dig deep if you do go into it, just, but don't take my word for it. <laughs> um, so, concluding thought. Stewards who took what they were given and made it more than it was were rewarded. Those who bury what they're given are not. That's simple. I'll see you in the next episode. Stay mortal!